You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Good evening. Greg Hectus. Hey, everybody. And Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, welcome. So, uh, Kentucky week. Uh, we don't have a special guest, and it's off week for the Coke. So, we're going to go right into stories, but we're going to start off with the world of outlaws. Now, um, our new teammate, Brian. Uh, follows this pretty closely, and he watched the late model uh, running this week uh, at Limeland Motorsports. The drama began early as the season's point le- uh, point leader, Hayden Cardwell, finished dead last in qualifying. Uh, dug him a big old hole there. Uh, the second heat was done uh, was won by Dylan Hauser, while Cardwell was starting eighth, was only ma- able to make it to six, uh, relegating him to the B main. Uh, <clears throat> Moving on to the feature, uh, 50 laugh feature, we got Dylan Hauser, who started on the outside of row one, took the lead away from the pole sitter, J.D. Brown, right from the start, uh, being in the preferred high line. Uh, first caution flew when Blake Cannon got into Adam Elby on lap 17. Uh, lap 29, a, a second yellow comes out when four cars come together, once again regrouping the field. Now, I didn't actually see this race. Uh, these are notes from Brian. And it says here, uh, as the laps ran down, Dylan Hauser on the top holds off a charging Dylan Wilson on the bottom to win the race, leading all 50 laps with third going to Dylan Rafferty and an exciting A main feature. Uh, Outlaws resume Monday night with round four at the Eldora. About to uh, watch that next week. I somehow missed it. I think it was my wedding anniversary, so I, I think I had a good excuse. Yeah, I remember seeing that on your timeline. Um, it's there's so many races to watch, and then I do so much racing. It's hard for me to keep up. Well, it'll be nice when uh, when Brian comes back. He's on holidays this week, but uh, you know, um, this is definitely the slimmed down version of of what he put up there. Just because, well, we we probably talk about it all night, but uh, he he's done a like a bang up job writing this out. And uh, it's just too bad we're we're missing him for him to, you know, chime in and you guys can have a conversation about it because he's, uh, yeah, it looks like he's right into this. Okay. And then how about another race that we didn't get to see? Well, this race. Um, Has anybody we, able to see it? Nobody able to see it unless you're in some other quantum universe or something where where it actually got ran. So the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup race at Nuremberg was postponed. And we have a little tag here saying there was an issue found with the point systems for the heat race, and there wasn't enough time to correct it. Yeah, and then reading between the lines on the forum post a little bit, I think it had to do with the length of the laps again, similar to what happened at Lamar, uh, where... You know, they didn't have the right amount of laps or something, but it wasn't really uh, clear at all. Um, iRacing didn't 
put out anything but one Twitter post that said it was postponed no, with no reason why. Yeah, and that official statement is not an official statement saying something about a problem with the heat races. That's just a 10-year member. That's not a staff guy. That's right, because people were asking in the forums about it, you know, trying to find information about what's happening. And uh, uh, people familiar with the situation, that's what they said. Well, Greg, these young people these days. Grandpa for the win, I guess. Um I try to find the name here. Has anyone seen the name of the actual Reddit user that posted this? It's in the link. It's uh, Ubuntz Thomas. Ubuntz Thomas. I guess uh, this this topic here kind of like tugs at your heartstrings here, but uh, I guess his grandfather uh, ordered a better sim rig than he has, and uh, he's Ouch. showing a, a picture of it, and it nice setup for uh, for what he's got, like. I don't know how old that does it. I don't know if it says how old his grandfather is in here, but uh, kind of brings me back to old memories about my grandfather and uh, and stuff like this. But uh, it's good to see that uh, you know the sim is for all ages, right? Well, it's not just better than uh, his grandsons; it's better than all his grandsons' friends as well. So you know, now gr- Grandpa's the life of the party. He's uh, he's showing them young whippersnappers what's what. So back in my day, Grandpa took you fishing. Now he takes you sim racing. No, he takes the lead. <laughs> well, it's this new thing in 2020 with the virus and everything shut down. You got to be creative in what you're trying to, you know, for entertainment and stuff. So maybe this is a growing uh, thing. Well, the more things at home, you got to find the entertainment, right? And what what's you know, he might, he's obviously a huge racing fan, and you probably obviously saw the, uh, maybe he was part of dealing with his his son or just seeing it on TV with what they were doing. You got into it, right? And why not? If you got time for it, I'm sure he's got lots of time for it. He looks perfect for it. It's a stationary cockpit, kind of a tubular. It looks pretty stable. It looks real stable. He's got triple monitors. They're not quite set up right, but, uh, <laughs> hey, he can race. From one grandpa to another. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Uh, My daughters actually do uh, 31 days from today. So I will be a grandpa in a month. Well, I I guess that would would mean we owe you a big congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So that just gave me an idea for a a type of baby reveal. Have two um, drivers actually... Sit, do a couple of races and fix who wins. Have one in a pink car and one in a blue car. Wasn't there a topic mm. like this already? I thought this already was done. Yeah, it didn't. Um, the streamer guy. Yeah. Yeah, his Matt wife had Malone? A yeah, Matt Malone. And they did it in an actual race. Okay. In fact, uh, she recently had her baby. I saw on a social media maybe a week ago. Maybe a little longer. And way off topic we go. Well, let's swing it back around. We just uh, saw what old Gramps can do. Um, but what we can't do is fool around with uh, fuel settings for uh, between racing and, and qualifying. Uh, as a post put up by uh, Thomas Aaron. And he'd never noticed that you couldn't do it before, but uh, adjusting the amount of fuel you have um, in the stock cars. And... 
I'm totally lost because uh, <laughs> well, he didn't even know this test. was a thing. He wants to test with a lower amount of fuel. He wants to see what it feels like at 50% fuel. And you can't start a test session like that. It's always at 100% when you start. Right. Now, this is where it kind of gets a little confusing. Like, I was I was trying to read this through. Like uh, Keegan Lee, he posted up saying that um, there was a bug discovered with it. So they, they nixed it. But if you go a little further down uh, through the forums, it says that, you know, that's how NASCAR does it. So... Um, that kind of rolls into well that just makes sense that that's how we would do it as well so i'm not sure what what's what on that well what it is is in in nascar you have to qualify full fuel um because whatever fuel the cars get impounded after qualifying usually and so whatever's in the tank you got to stay with that that's what you start with the race yeah i mean they're not even qualifying now they're just drawing but yeah um so you're stuck with that and so if you put less fuel in the tank then you won't be able to go as far on the first stint. Um, and then what Keegan pointed out is that there was a, the bu a bug found where somebody could qualify on a low tank and then trick the software into giving them a full tank uh, once they went into race session. So they're trying to start the race this way or are they just trying to practice this way? Well, there's several uh, races where they, they run with less fuel on the tank. No, but I'm just saying like, this guy does he want it is he trying to just test like you yeah know, the you, original he wants poster, to be able to yeah. test what the set's going to drive yeah, like with only seven gallons he, in it that's what he's trying to yeah that's what he's trying to do which just makes sense and it should be an option because other cars but if there's i i think i uh, thinking about it what keegan Leahy is saying it was a bug that uh um that it wasn't working properly because it, it didn't actually give you an accurate they couldn't simulate it properly so I'm fine with even the qualifying in the race at full fuel. That's fine. But in testing, it should be opened up, don't you think? Yeah, in testing, it shouldn't matter. You just want to right. and that's what half a gallon in. Well, it's, it's kind of like when you want to test when you're, you know, you're on like two or three gallons left, you get a green-white checker, and you want to see what which kind of adjustments you got to do to, to do it without uh, taking fuel, right? So here's what the bug is. It says... Uh, if you sit in open practice, wait until the server kicks you back to the replay screen, then immediately get on track for the race, you could start the race with whatever fuel level you wanted. Um, obviously, it could give you a, a competitive advantage, but um, this was like back in 2016. Now, Keegan did put a question mark because he's not too sure of the date, but um, I'm going to have to imagine he's pretty accurate on at least being a couple years old, this bug. Um so if that's the case, why was that never addressed and fixed? Because it seems like uh, it would be a good thing to have in a test session um, to be able to do that kind of thing, right? I'm I'm wondering if it's just not been a huge topic, right? Like, it, guys aren't. I, I guess oh. the the only way you can really like right now, if some guys are probably like some of these pro guys, they probably test it where they run a a run and run it out till whatever the fuel they got, they go down pit road and do their quick adjustments like they'd be practicing in a race, the only adjustments they could do in a race, and then figure out what it's like. But now uh, the workaround is, I think you can start a hosted session and set the fuel where you want. So you just have to pay for the session, mm -hmm. and that's the workaround. Or you could sit there and burn the fuel off. 
but you can't just go into test and hit like the test button. You should be able to change the fuel on that. But maybe if now that it's been brought to attention, maybe something will get uh, fixed in it. Yep. Another thing that they have have had their attention brought to uh, is something coming up with the TCRs at Spa. Um, a few laps before, uh, it was, a, I guess, a team race with TCR. Um, they pitted a car, and, but when he came in to the box for driver swap, the car elevated like several meters in the air and then fell down and it broke the right rear wheel. And um, that's, that's, I guess, where they had been hit in the previous instant. After two minutes of towing, even though they were sitting in the box, the, uh, the car flew a couple of meters and fell again giving him 11 minutes to repair. This is, uh, is his teammate Chris Angel? Levitation. And then it drops. Yeah, and it's a bug that they're aware of that has to do with the new damage model, and they're trying to fix it as quick as possible. Yeah, I'd say that's a big bug. Wait till you see this other video we got later. Let's keep moving. Uh, the next one was, uh, what an ego crusher this game is. Um, we got a forum post in the in the forums about just that. I mean, uh, boy, you can really get your ego crushed uh, thinking you know what you're doing, and then you get out there and uh, you can't even make a lap or whatever happens, you know. It was an interesting topic. He got a lot of responses. I gave him one. I told him, hey, if it was easy, nobody would do it. Well, I think I told you that, David, today. Yeah, I mean, I... I'll talk about it in results. But you got to think of it like most of the time we've been in our life that we, you know, if you weren't a sim racer with NASCAR 2003 or anything back then, you've grown up on the console generation, which doesn't, it, it you can set the AI or your, the people you're racing against to what you want. So you can make it easier, hard. It's, it's, it's got difficulty levels. You're going up against an actual human being that, doesn't that has thoughts for themselves like it it's definitely it's the most competitive thing you're going to do besides race actual racing yeah and i i'm going to talk about my result a little bit to of this race today that we did nis we were both in top split david and i and um i was humbled i was i was a little bit ego crushed i was like car 34 or something but i ran like 27th and that's probably what i deserve i mean i'm the 27th best guy out there probably and uh, that's humbling especially when you've won the daytona 500 and you've won these other big races and and then you get in this you know race here at kentucky with the top split and and uh, you get your hat handed to you well i've been up in there for about a month now and it's yeah uh it's what the, I guess the real guys experience maybe when they're when they're lighting it up at, at a, in a regional series or ARCA and then they come in, into trucks and don't have necessarily have instant success or maybe they're even good in trucks and nationwide and then they get moved up to cup and it's a whole different world. I remember remember Joey Logano had quite a bit of struggles at first because it had been so easy coming up and they moved him up when he was very young. But, um, you know, I started the season off in the, what, around 3,400 I rating, 3,300, uh, and pop started the season off with three wins and haven't been even close to a win since running top split. Uh, the other thing that's kind of gone against you guys is 
the lack of competition now too like the the numbers have started going down over the summer here of actually participants so you're losing a split split maybe two splits a night and it's pushing you up into those splits that you kind of you know we're all hovering around splits that we're uh we shouldn't be in like i i probably shouldn't be in the split that i'm in i'm I'm not saying I'm better than those guys. I just feel like I'm. I I, I feel like I should be higher, but you know, it's it's such a humbling game. It's or sim that you you sometimes can't make it out of it just as easy, even if you are fast. Yeah, and so there's the top side of the the splits, and then there's the bottom side of the splits, and I think it can be pretty humbling to try to get yourself out of that bottom split. And early in NIS, you know, when we had ten to 12 however many splits everybody in the split was a lot more equal uh, now i'm having a race against garrett mains and you know there's no comparison in the talent well even look at my fall at the beginning of the season down to you know i was at 3000 when i started daytona and now i'm in i went down to almost 1900 and i'm slowly crawling myself back but i'm only getting a couple races a week to try and do it so if i have a bad race it takes two or three to gain back what I lost. And that could be two or three weeks, right? Yeah, based on your how your your pattern of how many races you're running and everything. Absolutely. Well, that's why we do it, because it's hard. So in team driving, there's the way it is right now, you can manipulate what split you get in, Greg. Or actually no, this one's my topic, isn't it? You're the road guy. I'm the road guy. Uh, it's kind of funny because we, yeah, and it's 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 an interesting, tough decision, and um, I'll read the guy's post first. He, well, I don't need to read the guy's post. Basically, whoever's logged in for the team, however many of you sign up, the average of your I rating becomes your uh, split, and you don't even have to run. So you could have like a 500 I rating person register and not even turn a lap. Uh, and get down in the bottom split. And this guy's complaining about it. I don't really like it either. I wish that you needed that you had to have the active roster of the team already set before you register. Yeah, they that right there is a, you know obviously an exploit that needs to go because you know if the, if that guy doesn't run any laps, he shouldn't score any points because it it doesn't work that way in real LMS. Like if they're well, he does has to. He doesn't score points, but you can get a like a twenty six or three thousand I rating guy down in the bottom split. I know, but what I'm saying is like if he goes in, like if you think about it in real life, if you prepare three drivers to race or four drivers to run Lamar, or Lamar or uh, or the Rolex or whatever, if they don't get the registered amount of time in the car that they have to get in. Car gets disqualified, or would get. I think it loses points. I don't know if it gets completely disqualified, but it should. If that guy doesn't run the race, and there's three guys signed up, and they don't all complete laps, that car should be disqualified. Right, that's the fix. So that's what they need to do. That is one possible fix. But even if that person does run, you're still. They may have that person just one run, run one fair share. And well, if it's, if it's a three-hour race, they only have to run thirty minutes to get a fair share. Um, we're running. Uh, for VRS or for the um, spa race coming up this weekend, I'm teamed up with. I've actually kind of got two teams put together, uh, and there's five of us. Two of them are both working. One of them is a cop. 
very busy all weekend, but he's getting just a, just a two-hour stint in, and that's a fair share with five drivers. Uh, so it can be manipulated, but here's the thing. Here's a little bit of a devil's advocate manipulated. Um, I don't like doing this myself anymore because then you're down in that split with all of the manipulators as well as the really low I rating guys. So I almost prefer to have one of our higher I rating guys go ahead and put us in where we're at least going to be with racing. It's not going to be so horrifically dangerous. See, if they make that person actually have to compete for two hours, though, it actually makes it legitimate because if he's got a thousand or 500 I rating and gets those guys in there, he probably drives like it and he probably will cause problems for them over two hours of doing it. That would be a good simple fix. Good job, Greg. I, you, you, were, you said exactly what I was thinking. So, uh, I think the person in the, the, forum actually, the forum post actually says the same thing. Okay, so maybe that's what made us say it. But <laughs> How about the VCO Cup of Nations? We talked about this last week, and then Greg, guess <laughs> did we, what? Did we, did we talk about this? I don't remember. Yes. <laughs> well, the VCO Cup of Nations um, had their qualifying over last weekend. Um, and uh, an old teammate of ours, uh, Mike Morley, asked me to come help out Team Canada because I wasn't planning on running this. Because if you noticed last week when I shared this topic, I was probably very uneducated with how this event was being held. Um, I've been pretty much pretty educated during the week here for it. Um, but I was able to uh, secure us at the last 16th spot um, in the bracket uh, with my couple lap, last laps on the Monday night, uh, it seems to score us a little bit of points. And uh, uh, yeah, so we're in uh, Group A with the uh, big hitters here, Germany and stuff. We're a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, the top two move on. Um, the events are being held on the 25th and 26th of July. Um, apparently on Monday th next week, we find out the certain cars and certain tracks that we're going to be um, we're going to find out what they're going to, they can, they have, they won't tell the combination until the day of. So we'll at least be able to practice what we have. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I didn't think I'd actually make it in, but uh, I set a good time at spa and got us enough points to uh, finish in 16th spot and uh, see if we can go on. It's uh, interesting. Uh, it's interesting that I name. know all four of the drivers in Canada and none of the ones in USA. Well, I know some of these guys from Germany, like Maximilian Benecke, Patrick Holzman. Yeah, those are, those are uh, aliens. Aliens, yeah. I, I, didn't, I don't recognize any of the guys from the Hungary one either. US 2 is, I didn't realize as well. All of the guys in the Canada team except you run in, the, in Pacific Majors. In fact, Wayne is an admin there. Well, at least... I, obviously, if I made it in and to that team, Team Canada didn't have a lot of representatives. Well, you're you're quick enough, uh, obviously, and well done, Greg. To, we're, we appreciate you representing the, uh, Team Canada. You guys go beat old Max Benicky and uh, show him what's up. Well, we just got to try and qualify for the top two to move on uh, to a second. I believe it's on the 25th. It's, there's two different events being held in that day. Over, I think it's three cars and three tracks, and to score the most points to finish in the top two, and then it moves on to an, another elimination round to to qualify for the the uh, Sunday race on the 26th. There's a lot of 
complicated rules until we see what tracks and cars it is. Um, yeah, uh, at least it's uh, being held. I'm on holidays all next week, so it'll be good that it's being held a couple weeks from now. I wouldn't mind uh, testing that out. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't want to test that out. But uh, iRacing is having a test event, and uh, you can gain yourself a little reward for jumping in and, and helping out uh, for this weekend's uh, Spa 24-hour event. Um, Has this already happened? It happened just a few hours ago, yeah, this morning. Well, this is already old news, so everybody already knows. I actually found the results uh, while you were talking. Uh, here's what they said on the forums about, uh, he said, cannot thank everyone enough who participated. They were able to, number one, verify there were no registration join issues for both beta and classic member site when the registration is set to one hour, validating various infrastructure changes we made since Lamar, validating software changes we have made since Lamar, deploy, test, and validate a new version of one of our backend services between the two sessions. Unfortunately, discovered a bug in unofficial team sessions. That bug will need to be fixed, obviously, before we run any more team-based test sessions. I just want to say before we go more into this, I applaud them for at least trying this now. They realize they did something happened at Lamar and they got to try it. Doing this is a smart idea before the actual event so that it, it doesn't end up the way it did at Lamar. Right. It's just a, you know, let's let's just make, you know, run the thing through the cog and see what happens. And they did. And they found a couple things and they're going to get them adjusted before Saturday. Well done. So, Mike, you posted a lot of videos about fireworks on uh, July 4th. What do you got here? Well, this one is, is something else. Uh, this guy who is, uh, I, I, I forget his name. I think it's uh, Frog Alley Racing 21 on YouTube, but I forget his actual name. But he posted in one of the Facebook groups uh, the video of this, and it was not shareable. So I said, hey, man, we really want to talk about this on the show. This is awesome. And so he took the time to put it up on YouTube so we could watch it and everybody else could. And so uh, thank you to him. And he called it uh, iRacing Early Fireworks Display. And that's exactly what this is. Uh, he's got a, a car, a late model car sitting here on pit road and the engine's exploding and, and boy, is it exploding. I mean, you can see the smoke and the whatever flying away from the car at, you know, bullet-like speed in all directions from underneath the, the car. It's all this fire and, and light, you know, flashing out. And uh, I can't even describe it. Well, the best <laughs> part about it is, is that we we're able to grab some wicked screenshots. So... Anybody that uh, can't get the visual through Mike's description can just take a look at the script when we get it downloaded. <laughs> yeah. I've been laughing ever since I, this came on. This is funny. Um, this this just is... It's, it's like it went nuclear. If... It's <laughs> nuclear or something. The funny thing is, it sees, you get to see how far the actual modeling of damage is going with it, though. Like how much comes off the car. Because it, it seems to get worse and worse. Uh, the further it goes. 
I think yeah. that's the perfect way to explain it is, it. is the engine it melted down and it actually went nuclear and did a complete meltdown. That's what it visually looks like. And then, the, did you guys see the fireworks at the at Kentucky when they were done? Like when you were done your race last night and today? No, I missed it. Yeah, it shoots up right out of a uh, turn. Is three. it turn three? Yeah, it's turn three. I was gonna say this doesn't. This one. Uh, those don't hold a candle to this car uh, going off. Now, correct me if I'm, I'm I'm wrong there, but he actually had two cars doing this, did he not? Like at the beginning, it it was uh, a, a black car, and then near the end of the video, it's this the a green and red car. Is he able to just make this happen at will? I don't know. It almost looks like the paint is flashing white, and then in and out, or something like that, uh, as the car is exploding. Um, I want to know how they're going to trace to figure out what the heck is going on. I don't think he reported this. He just put up a video on a closed Facebook group, <laughs> you know. And it was 4th of July, I think, when he did it. You know, it was supposed to be a joke. But, uh, yeah, it, it's fascinating. Uh, you know, we see a lot of videos, and this one really took the cake and was quite timely. Can light the cake. So someone that had uh, a good race on the weekend, uh, David, should talk about uh very popular streamer and uh very very popular streamer and a really good eye racer oh and he also is the third youngest ever f1 podium finisher right uh a funny little tweet from lando norris he says he can't believe i went from a full-time twitch streamer to third youngest ever f1 podium finisher in a matter of days so he's just basically in a sarcastic way saying he's glad to be back in real racing the best part is, is he's such a good ambassador for both sides of it. Good for the simulation side, and and he's a great uh, he's a great person in F1. The way he comes off as an F1 driver, you don't see a lot of F1 drivers the way he is because he's still young and growing up at this, the age he is, right? Yeah, he's a breath of fresh air for sure in Formula One, and I think in sim racing as well. I mean, he's a, quite a talent. And another exciting uh, for all of us, definitely, uh, victory instead of podium, but first victory. Uh, you guys know I'm uh, several of us. We had a guest on, I guess, about a year ago, and I'm actually a part of the community and do some of the community races with them and keep in touch uh, and definitely try to watch all the videos. And and Rabbits, our snail racer, she got her first win in a skippy this weekend. Or this last week. All right, Annie. And, fast as a snail. And she she brought the tears, man. Well, I loved watching this video. I actually watched it right after it came out because uh, when I saw the title, I wanted to see her emotion. And uh, sure enough, she uh, comes across uh, very genuine. Um, and uh, it's, it, it really brought back a lot of feelings of some of my big wins or my first win. Uh, just watching her go through the same thing and then watching her journey like we've done over the last year. Um, I, I've been watching all her videos. And so, yeah, it was uh, great to see Annie win. But she, she recaps her, some of her early racing and like the first time she even got to make an overtake. You know, she when she first started, she wasn't even trying to pass people. She was just trying to survive on the track. Well, she did a really nice... Uh, the production value of that video was was really really well done because you know as um, 
you know, you see her doing the racing, like with her first overtake. And then, you know, it is about a 16 minute video and she gives you a little progression right up to the first win, but she cuts in all those times um, with just a shot of her, you know, explaining what's, what's happening and what she's thinking about and um, you know, how she's feeling and, and all that other stuff. So it really helps put everything um, into perspective, but it made the, the video really enjoyable to watch as well. Just, just on that production value that she, she had for that. I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, her husband Larry is the one who puts that, puts together the videos. He's also in in the uh, community. He they don't get to race together very often because if one of them is doing a race, the other one's keeping up with their kids. And um, but also one of the funniest parts of the movie, were, or not movie, but video, was where he where she says, "Hey, can I get a mint?" And Larry's just right there and just puts the mint directly in her mouth. She was so focused she couldn't even reach down and grab a mint. But but the fact that he was there and basically serving her hand and foot was was pretty funny. Yeah, it's a great story overall. If you look at her entire YouTube channel and the videos as a whole, to see her from that first race when she's as green as green can be, you know, and and now here she is upset with herself because she gave up the lead, and now she's like, ah, I'm going to get it back, and you can just feel that raw emotion, and she definitely presents it. So well done, Annie. Good job. We need to get her oval racing. That's what I think. And uh, we'll see how she does on an oval. Well, one of her most recent videos was getting out of oval rookie class. So she's she's running a little bit of oval. Kentucky, Greg. Well, we were talking, we all had comments last night about Kentucky when we were racing it. And uh, in the forums here, they're, there seems to be talk about the shaders um, and that it seems like Kentucky's kind of unfinished. It's very dark uh, track. The lighting system doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be like all the other tracks. I, I noticed it really when we were on pit road and everything, but um, I don't know what you guys think of how it was going last night. It, it just looked, it did look incomplete, incomplete. Um, I don't agree with some of the people's comments in this. You know, they start getting personal about the iRacing about things. It might be a bug. People need to let things go. But uh, um, maybe it just, it's just they didn't finish something or something got overlooked. It doesn't seem too bad out on the track. Uh, but um, in pit in pit lane, you can't see the pit boxes or the what, what they sit on, those boxes. What did, uh, Mike, what did you say last night? You were having problems with one of the cars was okay, blacking so out. Okay, if so if you pay attention going on the front stretch and you're looking at the car in front of you and you're looking at the left side of the car, it will go completely black, like jet black. Like there's, you know, not like it got dark and you can't see it. It's like the color went missing. Okay, for a, uh, just a moment, and then it flashes back in, it flashes back to black, and it, it's definitely broken. I guarantee you it's broken. And Tony uh, Rochette confirmed it uh, last night. I, I described what I saw. Tony said, yep, I'm seeing the same thing. And so the, it's, the lighting is messed up. And then uh, we had a guy on Twitter, at uh, J underscore ish, uh, he posted up some screenshots that he took from above the track. And, I mean, based on the screenshots, it sure looks unfinished to me. Like, there's this one 
that has the restart zone, but the restart, the words restart zone is literally cut in half. It's like gone. Uh, and it's like a part of the, 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 the painting is missing or something. The odd thing is that I was just thinking back, they were really publicizing that they had finished this track and rescanned it and got everything done on it. So I'm just wondering if something was just overlooked or something's gone wrong since some of these hot fixes or something. Well, yeah, you know, and David, you reported in the forums that the cautions are messed up and, and there were people trying to say, no, it's okay, but no, it's messed up. We were, we had three, maybe even four laps before we got to two to green. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We don't really well, have you, this on the script, but l let me go into the details. Just one Go ahead, Greg. What I was going to say is what I noticed last night is if you got to the start-finish line and the caution came out, you had to go all the way around and then catch the pace car. So that's one lap. Then you had two more laps that said pace on the screen, and then two to go, and then one to go, and then you go. If you and that's got the details. It, if you got it after, if you got it after the start-finish line, you'd catch the pace car, and it would save you one of those pace laps. You still get two pace. You get one, um, two to go, and then the one to go, and then you get going. But it just depends on where it was coming up. There's some reason there's an extra pace involved. But it doesn't matter about the first two, like where the car come, the pace car comes out. It's that sec that two pace that are put in there. It should be pace, two to go, just one. Uh, one lap to go. Yeah, that's there. You're right. There's two things that have changed. The uh, the having to drive all the way around. They did that intentionally. That was actually in the patch notes a few times back. Um, depending on where the pace car or depending on where the leader is when the caution comes out, sometimes the the car is going all the way around and everybody's basically having to race almost green flag conditions to get back. Um, and that, but whether that happens or not, when the when the when the pits open, that's the real first pace lap where wherever you know that it's going to be your first full pace lap where everybody's supposed to be caught up. And when the pits open, it used to be last year and before the changes for the for the long tracks it used to be pacing like you said pacing two to green one to green and if there was no cost or if there was no lucky dog it would be two to green the first time around you wouldn't even have a pacing lap it would be just two laps and i pulled up and posted on the forums images of telemetry from kentucky last year showing this um so they've added on top of the fact that sometimes you have to drive around a lap and a half before you even start pacing, they've added two pace laps instead of one, even though they took it away from Pocono, and they couldn't have done that on purpose. I think yeah, it's... The, the joke in, in the driver chat was they took away the, the cautions from Pocono and they added them to Kentucky, and that's literally what they did. Yeah, and they haven't responded on the forum post, and I've actually, I actually put it in as a bug report too 20 days ago. Uh, back when we were at Chicago, and they haven't, they've left it open, haven't responded to that either. Well, I want to, the, the cautions are just brutally long at Kentucky, and it, yeah, they need to get that resolved. I mean, we're in the middle of the week, but still. Well, and the other thing that's uh, unfortunate about it is, you, I don't know if, the, I don't know if it's such a drastic change at other tracks, but you seem like you're going, what are you going, 55? on the track and then it's 45 in the pits it seems like you're slowing down an awful lot to get onto pit road yeah i think the pit the pit car speed doesn't feel natural at this track it feels artificially slow too 
Well, that I think that's because you got spoiled at Indianapolis and Pocono where they have it artificially fast. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It just doesn't be. feel right. Could be. It's just weird. Indy's got the it's got a long pit road, but it's tiny and it's, it's sixty. But uh, here it's got a wide pit road and it's forty-five. Well, I guess we can just hope that they'll uh, make a hot fix for that. Didn't make it this week, but uh, they did put out a, a small, small hot fit patch this week. Uh, just go over it real quick here. Um, the updated, they changed the way the iRacing updater relaunches the the beta UI, so it it is it's run as the the correct user with the correct privileges. Um, they fixed an issue in the race servers causing improper run group assignment in open practices, which could have prevented drivers from entering the car. Um, Maybe because they were on fire from fireworks. Oh, that yeah, you know what? Very, very well could be. Uh, track rubber distribution calculations from the tires been updated to put more rubber into the track under the contact patch and less rubber offline. This will result Ooh. in a more uniform distribution of rubber on the track in general. I like this. Sounds awesome. This might fit. Is this going to fix a multi-groove kind of thing we've been wanting? You'd think that they wouldn't add it as a as a hot fix. This would be something that they would kind of, I mean, they've added it in, obviously, to try something. But it seems like if it was such a big thing, it would be more on like a patch note than um a hot fix well we don't know to what degree it, you know the adjustment is it might be minor but i did but notice we did notice that kentucky did rubber up a lot it, it got really also, dark yeah and it could also come down to it's just a matter of when they got it ready and which was now so why let it sit when you can just go ahead and put it out i i thought yep. the grooves were okay with kentucky uh, a couple of other small things with the cars, the 87 cars, both in the pit timing has been made to be a little bit more consistent. And uh, the new damage model has been temporarily disabled for the Porsche 911 GT3 cup car. So um, it's it will also disable the new damage model for any other vehicles running in the same sessions for the uh, um, multi setups there. So another car loses the damage model. Why? Well, you're really surprised? Like no, no, I'm not surprised. It, it, it is what it is, right? Like they gotta, they 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 put this, they roll this stuff out. There's there's always going to be these little issues. At least they're not, uh, you know, it's not a major break where they got to rip it out from all the cars. You know, fix a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm sure it's not going to. Uh, it's not going to be long before they can get it back on the car. It's got to be so hard to like this. This seems like such an undertaking because of the amount of cars they already have, like the amount of stuff that they have to add it to. And plus anything that's coming in new, they got to build it for as well. So they're, they're kind of either way they're adding a lot. So like, like having each car's different design of the car and how it would wreck it's got to be the biggest undertaking of anything that they're doing. I, I like the fact that they're, they're okay with turning it off. Hey, it's not right. Let's turn it off. Let's make it right. Then we'll turn it back on. Yeah. And they've, they've done this with the other cars too in the past. And it's, if memory serves me correct, and it probably doesn't, it usually doesn't, but 
I don't believe they take him down for too long. Like they, they take him down, they go to work and get him back up as, you know, in a, in a pretty timely fashion. I'm sure you'll see a lot of damage model stuff on the next pat like build. Like that'll be, that'll be where they'll try and make sure everything's back for if they can. Okay. Uh, next up, a forum post by Ian Gibbon Gibson uh, from UK asking uh, iRacing for more graphical mapping options for curved 32 by 9 monitors. With the increased prevalence and popularity of ultra-wide curved monitors, wouldn't it be helpful if we could map the iRacing's flat presentation to these properly? Uh, all current options include mapping as three virtual screens are compromises. Uh, can we add in, uh, you know, native 21 by 9 or 32 by 9 mapping with the 1000R, 1500R, and 1800R monitors? He Great says idea. He says it's just maths, but um, uh, I'm not sure how it all would be be mapped. But when you're mapping to a flat surface, you... you Basically, even if you're, doing, if you're doing three monitors, you have three angles that you're having to calculate for that entire screen's worth of resolution. If you're doing it for a curved surface, you're talking about an infinite number. Well, not infinite, but you're having to basically remap every so often uh, per column width, if I'm not mistaken. So it would, that could be extremely graphics intensive. I'm sure it's going to be something like he's saying in there, there's there's so many of these curved monitors coming out they're gonna have to do something because the curved monitor at some point here you know it's at some point do you think we'll even have flat monitors anymore you think they'll all be curved i think they're gonna be all curved eventually i don't know you'll have choice but I, it'll be more mainstream for sure i'm not sure either because there's i mean there's a lot of nice things about the flat monitors uh, as we went to them after, you know, if you go back all the way to the CRTs, those were all curved, even though they were curved the opposite direction. So what gives, other than when you're making it really huge, you know, an ultra ride, if it's a regular size, what's the advantage of it being curved? Well, we looked at that new Samsung monitor, which cost a fortune, the 1800R curve, which had a real deep, deep curve to it. And... I don't know that that would be ideal on iRacing as iRacing is designed, but what this guy is saying is, can iRacing design it for that? You know, and boy, if they could, I think it would be spectacular. I guess it would really have to be somebody who knows how, how graphics rendering really works because um, I'm making a complete layman's guess that like even when I'm in VR, I'm basically just looking at two 2D projections of 3D representation. So it only has to do the maths to, for two views. Whereas if you're talking about a curve, now you're getting into something like calculus, where you're having to do a different uh, calculation for every column of pixels because you're coming in at different angles. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying because it's a variable. It's not like, a, like my monitors are cut into three. Yeah. And you're saying you'd be cut into thousands, yeah. Yeah, it, it's obviously, you know, we don't see any uh, iRacing uh, staff members chime in on this nope. yet. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see over the, if, if there's more push for it, if somebody will chime in. I will, I can guarantee you right now that they are thinking about it. 
whether they can uh, whether they have an answer to be able to to accomplish that right now. Um, we we won't know until they actually would announce something, but you guarantee that they they have been looking at this to see if this is a possibility right now or would, you know in the near future. They need to get one of those eighteen hundred R Samsung monitors in iRacing in the headquarters so they can hook it up and make sure it works right. So somebody send them one. Well, and if we're talking about the future. David, it sounds like the dirt guys are hoping for something in the future. Well, there was a discussion uh, recently popped up, or a post. Um, Tyler had a talk with the staff about dirt. And um, they had a problem recently with the new damage model having the wing rip off, but it not actually affecting the car. So they disabled that and just stopped having the car rip off. And then he tossed in that dirt AI though not anytime soon is on the list oh i can imagine running dirt ai i mean cars everywhere high and low are they going to be switching lanes you know and running right into you probably do you think that'll be the hardest one for them to program just because the way make that it look you, real yeah the way you have to make that that look and if one if you you know, if you're on the inside, that car has to choose another lane, and how does it run that lane? Like, dirt dirt is such an odd... Like, when you're watching dirt, you see a guy, oh, yeah, he takes the corner on the bottom, he's, but he's slower, and then you see the guy on the outside, he's, like, oh, way back, but as soon as he gets that momentum up, he just starts flying up there. Like, you gotta... There's just so many variables. Well, and then there's the part where the moisture is coming out of the track as the, the race wears on, and you need to naturally move your line to a different part of the track is, you know, they got to train the AI to do that too. Yeah. It's, that's crazy. Go for it. So if I say, uh, sponsored, uh, real life, uh, iRacing car, who, who does that bring up? Uh, Alfredo or Majeski. Well, we have Ty Majeski here. He's the new Slinger Nationals 2020 champ. All right. Congrats, Ty. You know, man, this guy, he represents iRacing really well with uh, having that sponsor on his car. Like, he's got a lot of sponsors on it, but it's nice to have the big iRacing presence on that hood of that car. Yeah. Taking iRacing to victory lane in a, in a, big, a big race, too. That hood looks like it has the new damage model. I was going to say, iRacing I racing just needs to pony up uh, a full season for um, Xfinity for this guy. Get him in an Xfinity car, in a, in a good Xfinity car. I, with the amount of stuff going on, I thought that, I mean, obviously it'd probably be expensive, but Junior would be the, Junior Motorsports, I thought, would be the car that iRacing would get involved with. You'd think. Well, they got all that COVID money now. Um, they they can do it. They can do it. Ty Majeski, Xfinity. Yeah, hook them up with Junior. Let's get it done. Okay. Next up, housekeeping notes. Don't forget about show notes. Like you can see that video we talked about with the nuclear exploding car. Uh, so check out our show notes. It's in the description of the podcast. There's a link. Uh, we're in regular rotation over at Performance Motorsports Network, so don't forget to check them out. And uh, let's move right into hardware software.
Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. So this is the big story, guys, of the, of the day, of the week, of the month, of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Listener Joe Gates uh, sent this in. Thanks, Joe. And it's called v, vrig.com. And I was literally blown away. I've never seen a cockpit like this. I would say it's revolutionary. I say when, it reminds me of an erector set. When you showed us this uh, video, and I was out, I was out uh, shopping when you showed this video. I couldn't believe it's like the perfect. It's the perfect way to have both disciplines, right? Like the be the best way to use it. Um, we've seen it in other small rigs, but this one's just so heavy duty looking with it. It's a beast. Uh, so the idea of the rig is it can change seating positions between rally, GT, or formula, and on the fly. Okay, so like you'll be sitting in it, you push a button, and the whole thing transforms. It's like a transformer. It's kind of a good description. And like uh, Tony said, a rector set look. It's got a lot of sharp points. It's got a lot of uh, minute adjustments. But when you look at the animation or the video of the thing transforming from one seating position to the other, the amount of adjustability is insane. Now, this is good. This is good. The only and as I'm watching this video, Mike, I'm seeing like all these little dials and stuff. So it looks like it wouldn't take you very long to, um, you know, switch between uh, seating positions and. If what I'm seeing is correct, I, we got about six six dials per side, five six dials per side. Right. It's not like it, okay. So I elaborated. I it's not like you push a button. You're right. You have to get out. You got to change the little dials, unscrew them probably, and then slip you know slip them up to the angle you want, and then tighten them back down on each side. So maybe a few minutes every time you switch it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, there's some, there's certainly some pros and cons. Now, uh, the pros is obviously the adjustability. You can pretty much do whatever the hell you want with this thing. Um, you know, change change the uh, where where your wheel is, change where your monitors are, and it is basically on the fly, right? You just undo a couple things, slide them in, and uh, bam, there you go. The cons to this is exactly that you have all these options and that would be the only thing that i would have to think is like am i actually going to take all that time to to do that probably not as often as you would think but tony you got to look at it for you like if you're looking at it as yours you don't run different disciplines you're mostly an oval guy right no no i i know i and i realize that and i'm not trying to think about just how I personally race, but my, if um, somebody that would race a bunch of different disciplines, um, may, maybe they would. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I would go through all that trouble all the time. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would leave it in one spot, but I, I like the fact that I can get it just perfect that I want, you know, the way I want it. Well, you can do that with an eighty twenty, just as just as easily as far as adjustability goes. I would um, say this would be more like a rig that 
David and I would have more of a, a use for in practicality wise, right? Yeah, well, I considered, I looked at a rig that was adjustable. Um, maybe it was a play seat one. Don't they have one that will switch back and forth? Well, we've, we covered another company, um, Monkey Sim. I think it's Monkey something. Uh, I think Monkey Sim products. They do the same type of thing. They have a new version coming out of like this, but not this elaborate. Yeah, and I considered it, and, and I was just like, I don't know if I want to constantly keep switching. You know, um, and for the most part, the only car that I run that uses the the formula position is uh, the the prototypes. They sit they sit like a formula. They're real short, uh, but most of the time I'm in a GT car or a Cup car. Now there is one position on here that I saw that would definitely definitely be a selling point, and I know this would hit a lot of racers, um, and that is the compact mode. A lot of people <laughs> only got so much room and sometimes you gotta you know you got that thing in the living room wife's getting mad oh look at that it's got compact mode let's just fold her all up we'll slide that puppy out of the way until it's race time that could be a really good selling point um obviously not to mention the fact that this is probably one of the um definitely the top 10 for looks this thing does look like a beast it just looks it looks awesome but i like it reminds that me of a jet ski i don't know why but now tony you saying that compact mode here's something that's they're not included but they can be added on so they have a pc bracket so you can mount your actual pc to the side of it i guess they also have uh, a mobility system which is it looks like obviously caster wheels so you can move it around as well that are added you can add on to it um which would make it completely mobile mobile if you can if you can obviously have good wire management and just have a to unplug it maybe from the wall uh electrical wise but you know you could be moving this around you could store it away in a closet if you had to now see now that that's right there now i was um thinking about trying to figure out a way to make a retractable like caster wheel um and i was saying about doing that for my rig just to make it easier um to slide around but if they if one of these companies come out with something like that where you could um you know it would have like a, a rubber rubber footing on it but uh you could drop a set of small wheels um just so you can roll the bloody thing out of the way That's exactly what this has do you see do you see how it works there in the uh the product part there tony yeah, if you scroll down the page about halfway and you'll see it just what you, you described. Because when you're in it and it's being used, it sits on the actual chassis part and the wheels look like they're up off the ground a little they, bit. Like, they don't have down. a lot of pressure on them. These guys stole my idea. Oh, no, that's <laughs> awesome. I didn't uh, actually, I didn't see that. Um, and I still can't, I'm scrolling through the page. I still can't find it. But um, that's that's awesome if, they, if they've done this like, um, I don't even want to look at a price because I, I don't want to shit on this thing because it is so good looking. I know it's expensive as hell, I'm sure. But yeah, um, I'm trying to find pounds. where to add it. Really? That's all? Thousand yeah, that's, pounds. that's actually not so bad. But it's but it doesn't come with a seat. The seat's another $100. The gear shifter's $150. The wheel caster set is $299, I believe it was. Yeah. Well, and then the gear shifter would just be whatever gear shifter you want to get. 
That's yeah, just a that's just a Fanatec gear shifter in the picture. No, yeah, but no, it's a bracket. It's the bracket doesn't come with it. Oh wow, that's that's a little lame. But I can't believe like if you go in if you find the V rig uh, R uh, R one mobility system, it actually shows you how it works. So when you sit either when you sit down in it or it, whatever it does, they 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 retract up into the body, and it's it's such a neat, neat system. This whole thing works. Someone had a lot of thought and a lot of designing to do here, but this thing all works together like one crazy thing. So the base is the base unit is nine ninety nine, okay. And then you, you add everything else, and I think I added it up, and it was another thousand for everything else that you would want to go with it. So it was like two thousand for with triple monitor mounts. So okay. if you look at this and you're interested, sorry, if you look at this and you're interested. They had, they're doing it in batches, and batch one and batch two are sold out already. Batch two is being shipped in the middle of August, and they're pre-ordering batch three now. I'm just trying to see what it would cost. I'm trying to see how much the shipping would cost just on the thing here. So I got to say something about the wheel deck. The amount of adjustability in a thing... It retracts. Imagine you're done with the race. You have this wheel like right up in your face. You you push something and you, it pushes back and it retracts and it gets out of your way so you can stand up, you know, and the monitor does the same thing, too. And the monitor, not only does it go forward and backwards, but it goes up and down. And as it was coming forward to, to closer to the driver, it actually went up over the wheelbase and then back down once it got past the wheelbase. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, I my usually God. take I usually <laughs> take my oval rim off when I'm getting in and out because I have my my chair so far forward being so short. Okay, so <laughs> I just quickly wanted to see what. So it's nine ninety nine uh, pounds. Uh, I guess that's pound, right? That would be the yeah, pound. pound. So, okay, so hold on, Greg. Let me take my headphones off. I really don't want to hear this. <laughs> if you want to ship it, I'm, I live in Kitchener in Can Ontario, Canada. Um, if you just want four to seven, or sorry, four to five week transit for it, it's three hundred dollars of shipping. If you want it quicker and within a week, it's almost five hundred, and it's almost nine nine hundred for me for two day shipping. So you Damn. double the price. My eighty twenty was two hundred for the shipping, all the way from Germany. But it's a nice rig. Man, I'm just blown away by it. I just I haven't seen anything like it. The way the amount of adjustability, the way the seat can even be adjusted, tilt forward, back, up, down, height adjustment, even you know everything. I just was even thinking like the. The way it looks is even something you could have it sitting out, and it's not like an eyesore too, right? Like it's, oh, it looks futuristic. It's, it, it draws your eyes to it. It's got some red in it. It's mostly black. It's got some red, and it's sharp. I mean, it looks sharp. Very impressed. I mean, if I was buying a cockpit right now, I, I might be looking at this, man. I, I love it. But I, I don't know if I would move it. I would probably get it set to right where I want it, and I would never t move anything. But... Just the look of it is, is awesome. But the main thing, again, with the tra changing from one mode to another is I just didn't want to have to constantly switch back and forth. Okay, so that's vrig.com. I'll be keeping my eye on that and drooling, I'm sure. 
Our next item, it uh, looks like it has a little bit of a do-it-yourself element to it. Um, it's called ultimategametech.com. And it's basically displays that are specifically designed for iRacing that you can actually mount onto, I suppose, your base or, or your rig. It's the raw display. Mm-hmm. So uh, it doesn't have a housing. Uh, you, you design your own housing, supposedly. It has LEDs as well across the top for like RPM. It also has inputs for where it, you can even turn it into a button box. You can add uh, switches to it as well. It looks like it's almost something you could throw on top of a, I guess, of a rim if the rim didn't already have a built-in display. So this would be really great for all those VR users. I say that in jest. <laughs> all well, these options can... go away. Well, you can also... Uh... Just just pick up the uh, circuit board from these guys too, and and build it how you like. Yeah, that's why I said it's kind of almost a semi do it yourself type project. Mm-hmm. No, yep. no, that's uh, it's good stuff. It's nice to have options like this. I don't see um, a price, but you would think it would be inexpensive, you know, based on it is just. Oh, it's circuit. not. It's not. It's not inexpensive. So you found the price. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're looking... It's so high he won't say it. <laughs> well, uh, the racing displays uh, that come with the L L LCDs. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm such a bat. Like, if it's more than fifty bucks, I don't even care. But um, they they <laughs> range between two hundred forty to two hundred seventy four uh, pounds. That is. A little on the high side. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Because you can get a wheel with about the same stuff. Now, something that's a little bit more uh, something I won't snub my nose on. You want just the uh, circuit board. That's that's 35 pounds. That's, that's pretty darn reasonable. I mean, you still got a lot of stuff to get to make it work, but um, that that main piece there, you, you got to have that. That's, that's pretty darn important. Um, the rest of it's uh, pretty easy to find at reasonable pricing and a little soldering and a little know-how you're rocking and rolling. I guess we'll move on to the next one here. Um, SimRacingExperience.com has posted up what I consider, like, obviously running in VR, I can't enjoy what this is, but this thing is, I, if I wasn't in VR, I'd probably look at investing one of these. Like, this realistic these realistic custom dashes and um button boxes that they have they're gorgeous boxes and and full dashes like i i couldn't even believe when i was looking at this what this was i thought it was something else until um you know seeing it all but it lights up and you got it's basically like your a dash that wraps around your your whole base like it's designed for your base right it bolts to your base and it's a surround that turns it into basically like a dash of a car kind of thing. And it's got all the bells and whistles and it's pretty and light lit up. And it's, uh, it's just like, they even have just like small versions of it that just, you know, got, it's got like analog gauges and stuff. You can, you, there's so many different choices that you can have, but it just, it's kind of just makes the boring if you got like a Fanatec base, it just kind of makes it brings it up and makes it the use of the actual body of the base. I don't know what this 
does for the only thing I would be worried about is the cooling aspect of these bases, trying to keep them cool. But I don't know what the cooling in behind is like uh, when these things are wrapped around it. That'd be the only thing I'd be worried about. Now yeah. you look down down near the bottom, and I guess they're called the Genuine Pro and Genuine Basic boxes. Those things are badass. Um, it's almost like a you got like two sides of the of the the button box you got like a bit of a, a vertical face with some uh options on it and then the uh the top horizontal spot uh gives you uh more button options and that would, go, that would go would right be, in the console area yeah this would be something you'd mount right like if you were at an h shifter it'd be like right in front of it yeah right. yeah 100 percent. no that's 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 really cool it's not something we've uh i don't think we've covered anything like that yet so that's that's neat to see. It's a different dimension of using it, right? Like you're using a, instead of just using a front face of, you're using two sides to a box instead of just the face, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's neat. That is neat. I like that box. And uh, it, like you said, it's three-dimensional kind of, I, I guess is the way I would describe it. It's kind of like looking at this, you kind of could just... Tony, with all that stuff that you've been figuring out with button boxes, you could kind of just take a console and cut it up and make a button box out of it, couldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you can build one. You can build it however you want. And, um, you know, like uh, the Arduino boards uh, would be able to do this exactly. Like, you, you wouldn't have an issue pulling something like this off. Um so I guess food for thought for, for people, but you know, if you don't want to go through all that and you don't want to stab yourself trying to cut out damn labels, um, <laughs> check out these things, right? Like they, they do look, they've, they've done a really nice job. And for what you're getting, I'm not even going to balk too much at the price because they, uh, um, it'd be about the price I'd expect them to be. The big dash thing is 799 euros. I, if you look at the closer close up pictures, it's backlit, uh, so all that glowing on the dash, it, it looks like there's blue lights behind that are kind of glowing through. So it's kind of a backlit thing. Very cool. Anyway, this is from Spain, uh, these guys. So up next, I don't know who this guy is, but uh, he posted up a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice rig on Instagram. And... I'm not sure if it's got some wheels or not. It almost looked like it had wheels, but I don't think. I think this. It's not. Uh, it's not motion, but it's. Uh, it's pretty well contained with some. Those are some giant ass monitors. <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, but it's like a. It's a, a tubular setup, and uh, I know Greg, you're trying to get in here to to rib me on this one, um, but I ain't gonna let you. Um, nice tubular frame, and it's uh, you know sat up on like a. Um, I don't even know some kind of feet thing there. I, I thought it was uh, some casters, but it's it's not. They're just some regular feet. Um, yeah. Now, see, this kind of reminds me of the last time. Um, whose rig was it? Uh, I think it was uh, um, the Canadian Indy card. I can't think of his name right now. Um, his his setup was like this, where it. The monitors kind of had an extra thing where you had to unhook the monitor to get out of it. it yeah, this is SimCraft. Yep, it's the same brand. 
Is it the same one? Okay. Yeah, it's the same brand. So it's, it's definitely packed in there. I think it does have motion, even though it doesn't look like it. That's why it has that bottom piece, and then the rig's kind of separate on top of it. So it has some kind of motion component, I think. Well, that's what was... I was really trying to figure out, because, yeah, from the very, uh, you know, bottom base of that rig, there's, uh, you know, a box, and uh, I would have to guess it's probably, you know, four to six inches high. Um, you would think that could house some kind of one DOF. One DOF. There you go. There it is. All right. Problem solved. You know, we so tail that. One DOF. Yeah. Yeah. I clicked on. Uh, if you click on um, the at SimCraft thing on the side there, it brings up a whole bunch of the other ones here, and I just clicked on one of them, and it talked about. Uh, there's obviously different things, but the one that Robert Wickens drove, it looks exactly like that. It, it had one DOF. Yeah, so this is Paul Tracy, the announcer for the IndyCar series. He drives those pro arena trucks up in Alaska too, right? <laughs> oh, the number one fan here, Tony. I, I like Paul because he lives in Ari Scottsdale, Arizona, which is not far from me. Uh, he put up a video also of him running on iRacing in his new rig. Uh, just getting ready for the IndyCar race that's coming up. Uh, he was just running laps just to get familiar. He's got a he's got a painting on the wall there that uh, with him and Greg Moore from the player days. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, I found on Instagram, uh, Track Racer uh, brings us a F1 seat later this year, and uh, we got a picture of it, and it's uh, sleek, narrow, doesn't look very comfortable, and not much padding, but. It's got that F1 kind of slant to it. Has anyone noticed what once they start tilting the F1 rims over or the seats over, the padding seems to get smaller. There's obviously a not as much need maybe for the way it's like a maybe. lot of these rims. They just doesn't or these these seats. They don't seem to have the the padding um, that a you know like a a, a a cup seat or something the way you'd sit up seat um, would be padded I yeah don't know. i agree we've well, seen a lot weight, like that your weight is more evenly distributed it's one of the reasons i was i was tempted to try a, an f1 style seat was that it wouldn't be basically putting as much weight on my tailbone you wouldn't get airplane butt no you yeah. don't i i've sat i've been in these i've sat in these and and um you know not put some serious time in them but you know like well over an hour and they they are extremely comfortable, extreme, and you don't need the the same padding as you would in what we're used to. Kind of like a hammock feeling. Similar, yeah. Now this being track racer, does it is it even going to come out this year? It does say or, later this year, or be able to be shipped at all? The way that they're having problems right now. Yeah, who knows? Uh, you know, we'll see. Well, let's jump into uh, into my back into my world a little bit. And uh, we, we titled this one, you know, when in need, do it yourself. Um, I actually found this one today, just uh, scrolling through the old Facebook. And this guy had an issue. <laughs> he had way too much storage room and not enough racing room. So he took his, you know, 8020 uh, shelving unit, deconstructed it and uh, 
turned it into a racing rig. Um, wow. I got to throw out these huge applause to this guy. This is just absolutely awesome. <laughs> it looks like 80-20, too. I was like, what? It, that's not 80-20. It's... Uh, yeah. It's... it's uh, yeah, it's it's not exactly 80/20, but it's the same idea. You know, there's there's different variations and and stuff like that, but I I you call it T-channel. Um it's a T-channel setup um which what 80/20 basically is. Um but I mean, why not? <laughs> so instead of saying nice rig, do we say nice rack? <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. What a what a great way of repurposing, and it came out looking really good too. I mean, top notch. Yeah, his the the finished product is it, it looks like you know every it's like other sim lab, yeah, yeah, every other eighty twenty rig that we've we we've talked about on here. And if you look at all these pieces and stuff that he's, uh, it looks like I don't think I don't think he's actually had to buy any extra parts. He used everything that. The shelf was put together to, um, you know, make this make this thing happen. A proper car seat. I'm sorry. The best comment from this whole thing that was well done, much more useful than shelves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, well, well done. This is that. that that's pretty cool. Hadn't seen that one yet. Like, like to even just look, you know, stand and look at your shelf and go. Man, can I make a rig out of that? Well, if you move on to the next one, um, it kind of looks like this guy may have done the same thing. Um, maybe just not quite to the same effect. This is uh, a wooden rig. Um, and I'm sure those weren't even shelves. I don't uh... think they would be. <laughs> but uh, the the funny part about this, it, so let, we can describe the rig. I mean, it, it is just a, a wooden rig made from scrap that you find in your garage that you, that's probably been hiding in a corner for the last five years. Um, there's really nothing special to this rig except it's, you know, it didn't cost the guy anything. But you got a pillow. It's going to cost his butt cheeks, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll figure that one out in about an hour. Um, Would you call that a GT configuration or, or F1? I would call it like a toboggan. It almost yeah. kind of feels like it looks Coffin. like a toboggan. The best part about this whole thing isn't the rig itself. The best part is actually the post. So it says, um, this is from uh, Scott Anderson. And the day I got the wheel, I realized I could not strap it to any table or desk I own. So I had to build this. Took two hours start to finish and was completely free. Still using this since day one way back three whole months ago <laughs> I read that oh yeah I, I I spent about five minutes laughing over this one that yeah, good on him yeah you know applaud anybody that builds their own stuff doesn't matter what it looks like you know if it serves the purpose that's 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 what it's all about but um hey, have a little fun with your post it's great He's better off than I was for years with an office chair and it strapped to the desk because he's gonna be more stable well and all I, I think is, is as long as you're having fun and enjoying the sim, what does it matter? But you can it, push the pedals, right? Ty Majeski kicks ass with a laptop held up with rolls of duct tape. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter. 
it's all about having fun. And I'm really happy that guys like Scott Anderson share those experiences and have some fun to entertain us with his cheeky posts. So now, that's that's great. Ty does well with the G27, and he's almost almost thinks he might not do as well with more more expensive equipment. But I'll say I'll I've said this before. That's because he's an exceptional talent, and he could probably win with a controller. He's just, you know, that's how good he is. For somebody that's an average Joe, I think sometimes bumping up the equipment does help. I know that I can do a lot more now with the direct drive uh, and the uh, proper pedals and the rig than I, than I could back on the G27 days. Well, with saying that, with this next rig, you should be an alien. This one's crazy. Uh, it won't push you past your talent. It can just, it'll help. But yeah, this next rig, it's definitely not made of wood. It's also not made for anybody's wallet. Or not house. My, not mine, that's for sure. What high, like, how high would your ceiling have to be to use this? You need a two-story area, for it'd sure. It'd be a vaulted ceiling. It's oh. crazy. Describe it's... it for the audio listeners. It's this giant mechanical arm... It's basically the, the Canadian space arm, right? Pretty much. And uh, it's got nine monitors linked together. Video wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a it's a double hinged or actually it's triple hinged, I guess, uh, to give you all the different ranges of motion. Um, and I don't know if it would really actually give you all the right motion for racing based on the way it's moving for this kind of roller coaster looking game. But this is insane. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I, this might even be past Denny Hamlin's price tag. I was going to say, if you need that much motion in that in racing, you're doing something wrong. Well, yeah, I was just watching a video the other day where a guy was doing some, uh, in R-Factor 2, seeing which cars could actually drive upside down. And he had some of the F1 cars actually actually could. They had this. They designed this track, and they had it where you could actually go upside down and slow it all the way down to about 115 miles an hour before it would finally fall. How how long till you think if you could actually get this in your house that your wife would try and ask you to get up to the top of the ceiling to get the cobwebs out with it? Go change that light bulb. <laughs> now, this is what I would describe as a roller coaster sim because it's got a lot of up and down and drop you, you know, off the cliff kind of, you know, motions, you know. And, yeah, you don't uh, need this much vertical play in a, in a, in a he, car. And at the beginning of the video, it looked like he was driving a car, but then it kind of turned into this roller coaster thing. What it reminds me of is, like, the only thing, this is obviously just a tech, something for tech demonstrations. It's not something you'd be purchasing. Like, it, it reminds me of something that was in, like, the movies, like, Richie Rich. Well, I mean, if you had a half a million dollars, you could totally purchase it. But like I said, I get, it, this is this is just to get people to. There's obviously something they're uh, promoting. Is is it that? Is it a, a piece of software or something? Well, it's from uh, the the videos from Tech Giant Hawaii. So they're, um, yeah, they're they're promoting their their uh, technological advances and stuff like that, right? Um, yeah swap out that wheel that he's got for uh, a joystick, this would be a wild flight sim. Right. Flight sim would be perfect. That's what I'm wondering if you could actually... Imagine if you could spin 
it does it spin on that axis on the on the seat like if it spins there that would be perfect well the, the only problem there is that cable would get twisted and you know uh it's just something i thought of after when i went back and re-listened to the show last week the that 360 chair with vr um what would happen if you spun around twice in the same direction your, your cable would choke you well <laughs> the only way you're going to be using vr on something is if the the unit that your vr is plugged into is on the same thing and rotating with you i guess that would work or vr eventually goes you know you can actually use like the you know the go the oculus go instead of you know wireless that has vr has to go wireless at some point where you can do it it's still it's a really high bandwidth mike do you think you'd need a very big the big prisms for nine monitors crazy the heat oh man and the power yeah this thing is a beast i'll see i wonder what their carbon footprint is cops would be banging on your door thinking you're growing dope in your basement what is it like the uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when he turns the Christmas lights on and the thing just goes winding around the electrical? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I ain't growing nothing. I'm playing video games. Go away. Well, I don't know if uh, you can mount this uh, mounted direct drive wheel to it, but uh, we got another t- from SimCore here. They got their uh, direct drive um, mounts for their cockpits. Um What's uh, I don't see anything on here. Is it just the the mounts here that they're advertising for eighty twenty? Okay, it is for eighty twenty. Yeah, one fifty. Yep. yep. They're really nice looking. Um, it all it all it is it looks like a couple simple pieces of cut out. Uh, is it aluminum? I'm guessing yeah, it's aluminum. An- anodized aluminum. Anod- anodized aluminum that bolts into the side of your direct drive Fanatec uh, base and uh, attaches perfectly to. An eighty twenty um, rig configuration. So, um, if anybody's looking for uh, a mount, uh, Simcore. Uh, what's the actual website? Simcore.au. Uh, Simcore.com.au um, has got these. Change the color. If they have red or gold. Love it. Yeah, and black. Nice black. The um, there's a little bit of adjustability. It looks like you can change the angle. I don't know if it, I know that my rig, I can change it more, but you don't, I mean, how high do you usually tilt your wheel? Not that high. I I guess it depends on how tall you are, right? It depends on how tall you are. Yeah. Looks like they got a couple things for like, um, they got all kinds of different mounts here on Simcore's website as well. Uh, Was there a price? I didn't even. 150. 150? That's not bad. 150 US. Mm-hmm. But you're shipping from Australia, I think. Damn. Oh, we got a uh, question. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize I was attached to this to this one until about 30 seconds ago. So uh, bear with me. It looks like somebody was uh, looking on the forums t- uh, somewhere to sell push-to-talk uh, buttons that they can mount right to their... Uh, steering wheel and there is actually a couple of options so dave bush if you just happen to be listening um your first stop should go to uh facebook 
and uh, search up Rise Engineering. And uh, they have a push to talk option that he's um, he's selling for 55 bucks, the a one week lead time. And it's a it's actually a really nice looking push to talk. He's got a carbon fiber uh, looking front to it. There's two buttons on the on the face of it, and it looks like there's a button on opposite sides. Uh, so it looks like you might have four buttons uh, in total. That would uh, this would strap right to your wheel. Yeah, it's about. Did you already say it's about two inches wide, and it's got a kind of a Velcro strap? I guess you just strap it right onto the wheel. Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't notice how they strapped it to the wheel, um, but that's definitely probably the best option. Um, that is, that's, that's a really nice looking push to talk. If anybody that drives one of the oval rims that are fifteen or sixteen inches in diameter, I would suggest something like this for push to talks because even the, you know, Fanatec wheels are are quite. They're quite big, and and then you're having the hub for it. They don't the, the the you don't get the buttons out far enough where you can comfortably push it. But if you can put this in the spots on the on the actual um, the spoke the spoke, th- this right here would be like a, an awesome option for push to talk. Yes, I love it. I I want one. Well, Mike, let me help you spend some money here, man. It's fifty five dollars <laughs> free shipping. Um, I know you I will not that. find you will not find a better deal. I can guarantee that. Is there free um, shipping to the states, or is it to specify? Oh, I'm sure it's just to the, uh, just to the, you know, lower 48. I'm sure. Pretty cool. Uh, I love it. Um, I need it. My fan attack button actually fell apart the other day. I I put some scotch tape on it to hold it together. <laughs> Well, hit up hit up Rise Engineer and tell them Tony sent you. Maybe they'll uh, give you a good deal. Now, what about this other one? We found another one. It was ApexSimRacing.com. They have one for one hundred dollars. Yeah. Now it shows one hundred and thirty-five in uh, Canadian, and this one. Um, well, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's a good option. Maybe uh, it's it's a button. One button, push to talk with the, uh, what is up with that? Uh, it's got a separate box. It has to plug in with a proprietary cable and it has a volume knob. It looks like, or something on it, but then I guess that hooks USB from there, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Mike, I'm not as excited about this one. I'm um, not either, especially it's twice as much money. It's twice as much money, and it really, you know, it's it's kind of nice they got the volume deal, but um, I don't know if that's worth like you know double the price. Uh, I'm sure it like don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's well made. Uh, it certainly looks very well made, but so, uh, so that box is a one. Uh, it's a rotary encoder to use for chat volume or other in-game functions. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's not really that big of a deal, but um, I, I mean, it's it's just another option, right? Different strokes for different yeah. folks. But at that uh, point, you could spend a couple of hundred and have a really nice button box. You can get a button box for sixty bucks that has more buttons and rotary knobs on it. That button just reminds me of like a detonation button. Don't push the red button. 
But you know what? Hey, some people want, um, some people just want complete simplicity. And uh, this is definitely simple. It's just one button, right? Um, and it's a little bit closer true to life to the real thing than the previous one. Um, I guess that that's would definitely uh, hit to some people. But um, yeah, my, my vote's with Rise. So um, I like it. Yeah, Dave, if you're listening, man, uh, go check out Rise. And uh, I think that could be a good option for you. Okay, no video from Barry at uh, Sim Racing Garage this week, but he did post a teaser of the next video he's working on with the new Pike Pike's sequential shifter and the Akina handbrake from the guys over at 3D Wrap. Uh, so he's got those in for review. Looking at the picture he put on Instagram, oh, looks pretty interesting. That handbrake looks so nice. And I, I just Narrow. like the way that, and the way that they've got, uh, I'm guessing that's Alcantara fabric. Yeah, it's Alcantara handle. And looks like it's, it's uh, hand stitched. It looks real sturdy, um, thin, narrow. It's not like maybe one inch thick, maybe. It looks durable, like really durable. Yeah, the way looking it's built. forward to that. All right, let's keep moving. Rig review, Greg. I can't take this one. I, Tony, Tony, you gotta take this one. I I looked at it and I said, "This is I can't." Yeah, I stuck this yeah, one. Yeah, I should have looked at this as well. What the heck is this? Well, it's a picture of the guy's uh, makeshift pedals he built. He built his own pedals. He said he looks like Frankenstein, but they they work better than the out of the box T one fifties. But it's really hard to describe how these look. Uh, how, looks, how, I mean, it looks they're, like they're... two spatulas. <laughs> but what is it mounted to? I mean, what are they hanging from? They're, they're inverted pedals, obviously. Oh, there's what, a piece is, of what are they mounted to? Two by there's fours. Two by fours, and there's, there's a rod, and there's, he's probably got his own potentiometers in there to measure the movement. Well, he's definitely got, you know, he's probably went out and found specific uh, bungee cords for the bandwidth or the, you know, the resistance there. Okay, so to describe the for the audio listeners, there's a long bungee cord that's wound around where the brake is. It, it's hooked to the brake and then it's round up to the where the support is above it and then round up to somewhere above the rig, above the pedals to hold it tight and that's how it gets resistance is bungee cord well this i mean is... i want to see a video of this <laughs> i if you're looking for ingenuity on uh you know a, a school lunch budget um you definitely have it here and i would like to see how this thing works in a couple of months um those bungee cords uh will wear out but, uh, you know, keep going. Keep going. I mean, this is where it starts, really. Um, you know, do, do, what you, do what you can with what you got. And if it's doing the trick, you, you've, you've won. That is a whole hell of a lot of two-by, a whole lot of wood holding that thing together. And I, I, I can't keep my eyes off this damn bungee I cord. I really like it. Are you, are, are you a member of this site or this Facebook page, Tony? I am not. No, <laughs> I kind of want to just 
be a member of it just to see what gets posted on here. Well, uh, this one's called iRacing Shitposting. Now, I have been a part of a couple of these type of um, groups, and I just find them to be... Uh, they 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 wear me out. They're just too much whining and and stupid fighting going on all the time. So I stay out of them. But uh, if I see a, a new do it yourself uh, sim racing page, I I always sign up to those. Check those out because there is some really good stuff. Now nobody did comment that he does have this stick on vinyl marble looking type thing over top of the two by fours to make them look kind of like marble well i mean anybody can have carbon fiber wrap it takes a genius to make marble <laughs> i love well, it I, I think it's good i you know what it's it's certainly a frankenstein 100 um it's ugly as hell um but he's extremely happy with it and, and i hope it works for him for quite some time and um you know what like this is where this stuff starts and from there you find out oh this doesn't work let me try this and let me try that and that's the evolution and the next thing you know you're you're pumping out some really really neat stuff um so like i said it, it's it's the starting point kudos to this guy well done all right let's jump right over to fantasy podcast fantasy league in a casual setting yeah, now what you guys are looking at there is uh, not updated, but give me half a second here. And we, we've had some movement. Um, there we go. Now we're all up to date. Um, as I was uh, going through the script here uh, yesterday, I had uh, totally bypassed, forgot about this part here. Um, bit of a crazy, uh, bit of crazy race we had, and I'm sure that it affected... Uh, a bunch of us. I know it certainly did affect me. Um, I spent with, uh, I had Denny in my lineup and when he went into the wall, man, you know, like I was like, Oh crap. Um, you know, on two different ones, right? Like, yeah, that was a hell of a hard hit into the wall. You always want to see that window net come down. And, um, but then, yeah, my, uh, my lineup took a, took a hit. Um, always hate to see the, you know, the top guys, when I pick them for them to get wrecked, that just sucks. <laughs> but uh, th thankfully, the rest of my guys uh, were, were pretty, pretty high up in the, in, the, in the point standing. So I was able to kind of cash in on that. And then um, I was able to, uh, you know, get some extra points for picking a winner and stuff like that, too. But uh, how are you guys making out? What were your, uh, did you have any, uh, you know, switches there right right before the end of the second stage mine was determined pretty early because uh who did i have i had one of those wrecks early and so i never got to use anybody from the garage i just had my top five and that was it so the yeah, guy in your garage got wrecked out well i moved him into the garage he was wrecked in the first who was it i'm just gonna i'm just trying to go back and look i usually don't uh swap them out during the race because i usually don't watch the race uh so Oh, it was Truex from that pit road collision. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't know. It, that does make it hard on you, Mike, uh, not being able to switch out your guys. Um, and it looks like you dropped a couple of spots. Yep. So, 
Um, I don't know. You're, you're a big Twitter follower. Um, maybe that could help you out kind of going forward. It just takes a quick second, jump into the app and um, swap a guy over. about it. That's the thing. Yeah. We need like a social media guy to be like, Hey, you know, throw, throw out the reminders on our, on our page. Like, Oh, you know, 20 laps to go before the, you know, end of the second stage, get your swaps in. If, uh, if you haven't done so already, that kind of deal. But you can uh, follow it on the app too. Like the app is pretty up to date. You're, you're probably about five minutes behind the actual race. Right. Oh yeah. But it's, you know, it's on a Sunday or, you know, Saturday or whatever you're busy. It's summertime. Everybody's, um, maybe not as busy as they were last year, but they're, they're, they're figuring it out this year. You know, baby got barbecue going, got some, uh, you know, doing whatever you're doing and yeah, you just, uh, you just miss it. So, um, but you hear the ding going off in the, off on your phone. You might, you might check your, uh, your notifications anyway let's go through uh quickly just the top 10 there has been some shake up here um uh, just in time he's top 20 is ch- shaking up well i see you in there creeping up <clears throat> uh just in time he's still leading but uh his lead is absolutely shrinking i am uh i'm on a tear i'm going after him i'm i'm currently sitting in second and i'm only off by about 12 points yeah. Uh, from, from overtaking them. So um, I am on a mission. Uh, we'll see if I can make that work. Uh, G.I. Jojo, third place. Uh, Jedi McFly, Chris Scales, he's, uh, he's in fourth. Smiling Ninja in fifth. Laird Racing, sixth. Romance Girls in seventh. KBM is in eighth. Res Dog, ninth. And T Bob rounds out the top 10. Um, Mike, yeah, you've fallen a couple spots. You're back in 14th, but uh, you're certainly not out of it. I mean, it's um, the the numbers on on the standing look like there's you know there's quite a gap. But um, with all honesty, it's it's only you know somebody to have a bad race and uh, it totally changes. You can lose um, you know you can lose 100 150 points, or somebody can gain 100 150 points and um move move themselves up a couple spots so um all you guys keep digging this has been a lot of fun this year uh going through this and having everybody participating well and the way that the this season's worked out because it's not a natural season like when we get to that last bit before the playoffs where they got the daytona road course i don't know who to pick for that track like (laughs) you can try and pick a road course ringer but is it a road course ringer for that track um somebody like a blaney then like you got to think there's what it's dover is it dover they're doing a back-to-back dover weekend or is it michigan i can't remember in there but there's there's two races at back-to-back there at a tough track then they go to daytona to finish off to go into the playoffs like that's like a tough stretch there to try and pick just to finish off this regular season oh are you kidding me ever since they got back it's just been like non-stop craziness um you know trying to figure it out like you know you've got no practice you've got no qualifying so you absolutely have no idea what these guys are doing i mean the best chance that we had those are those back-to-back races that's the best right because you know maybe you play it a little easy on the first race just to see how guys are going and then um that's almost like your practice session and you have a better idea hopefully uh going into that second one so you know like pocono i I fared out not too bad at Pocono. 
um, especially on the second race, because I had a, a good idea what was what was going on and and who had what. Um, and then you know you got some of the, you know when they when they're doubling them up like you know Sunday and Wednesday racing. Um, there again, like is there's just so many so many new things and so much stuff. It's it's hard to account for everything, and not having um, you know that that history with like how guys are doing in practice and qualifying. Uh, makes a lot of these things here really tough. I mean, you know who you're good, you know, the fast guys are always fast. That that never changes. But, um, you know, we're halfway into the season, and from now until the end is is where it starts getting even harder because you're running out of those uh, those fast guy picks. So now you got to start um, taking some of the other guys, uh, you know, that are good for sneaking into, you know, a fifth-place finish or an eighth-place finish just to get those, get those points. Or maybe guys are you know really good at the end of stages so they can rack up those stage points um really changes the strategy from the this year from last year uh which is in itself has just helped make it that much more exciting in my eyes all right very good so that's fantasy let's jump to nascar iRacing series finish up indy uh brickyard 400 uh, Friday open, uh, Greg, P3, photo finish. Yeah, I I had the best long run car in there, and it came down to a green-white checkered, um, and I just couldn't hold off. The guys with the initial speed right off the bat just took me there, and luckily two guys went side-by-side side going into four, and it slowed them up, and I just didn't have enough... I didn't have enough straightaway to get past them to... Uh, to finish to get the lead on the last lap there, but uh, I'll take the P3 and another good finish. Yep, I got a P21, pretty uneventful. That's about what I deserved. Uh, Tony Rochette uh, wrecked early, caught up in a wrecking Jeff Gordon car, killed my engine, so I parked it and drank my sorrows away. Sunday open, Tony Rochette uh, said he wishes there were more opens. It was a top three car, all race got the lead with 11 to go, made a bad mistake and took two tires to stay ahead of the field. Restarted, got loose into one, saved it, big pile up for the leaders in front, couldn't avoid. Should have had two wins this week at the Brickyard. Greg, you wrecked out. Yeah, that was the one I posted to you guys. Uh, I was 26 seconds in the lead. It would, had gone green for the first 90, actually it was 98 laps, it went green. I had led 79 of the 98 laps until the caution came out. And the caution had just come out, and um, a guy was going down pit road and saw the caution came out and dodged back on the track. And when he went to grab third gear or second gear, I don't know what gear it was, he spun the tires in front of me and just totally took me out while I was coming by. I was on, I was up against the wall. He was on the inside and turned all the way up into me. Um, I was quite pissed off at the time. I guess you guys you guys can see that in the chat. I posted the video of it. Um, but I did get a, an a apology from him in a, a very, very well-written um, letter. And uh, we don't get that very often. I don't, you know, he, he knew he screwed up. And I acknowledged that, you know, it was a mistake and it happens. And I told him, like I said, I'm like, we don't we need people in the community in this community that that do this that will apologize and know when things happen He didn't want it to happen. He was just trying to get back into get it He go down pit road with all of us on the lead lap or whatever, but um, 
I, I, I was thankful for his apology and I'll r race on. And it's not like I lost anything in it. I, you know, I get, I get to do this again. It's not like we tore up a $200,000 race car, so. So he hasn't pit, he needs tires. He's trying to get on pit road. He decides not to. And he get and and he got up on the straight and he was way down on the inside, but he was way past the entrance of pit road at that point. And you're just going by him way out on the outside, and it just looked like he turned right into you. Like he waited for you to come by and he just hooked right. But the reality is, he was just trying to catch a gear and get going, right? Yeah, and he was. That was almost. We were ready for green flag pit stops, obviously. There, so he was on the oldest tires. So it obviously. He obviously, when he downshifted, he just downshifted. He didn't match the RPM, so it, he either picked... I'm guessing he went into second, which would cause that to happen because of the, the, the motor revving up the transmission. But the thing that, um, the thing that got me was he still should have gone down pit road, and it's fine now, but he had already gone past the commitment cone, so he gave himself a penalty as well. Now he, he wrecks and obviously he feels bad for it, but he did go on the other side of the commitment cone, so he, he's gonna get penalized in the first place for going down a closed pit lane um, or and moving back on the track, so it's a, it's a drive-through penalty. So you're better off to just go down pit road. So it's it was a mistake and it happens. I had the best car in that race, like I was pulling away. I had a 26 second lead. I don't think I've ever felt that confident. I, I told you guys in the morning I was gonna take it and I felt really good about that race, and I probably could have gone another probably 60 laps of leading in that race and not had any problems. But uh, it is what it is, and we'll move on to Kentucky. It kind of continued at Kentucky, so it's good. Well, Kentucky's bad for me. I got P27 last night. Man, I sucked out there bad. I, I ran sub 20th place pretty much all night. Uh, ended up with a drive-through penalty at the end due to too many incidents. I, I just got caught up in all kinds of crap. The car wasn't really tore up, but we, I was just slow. I just suck. Um, it's going to be a bad week for me. Uh, David, you got P17 top split. Yeah, I avoided all the drama. Um, I was having trouble with long run speed. Uh, even though we... We tried a whole lot of different sets and kind of got something working, but it turns out I forgot to turn my wheel back over to its oval settings. Because when I'm in the, when I'm running in the in the hybrid, I I have the wheel set to be a lot more twitchy, and so that's why I was burning up my right front. Figured that out today, but uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, and then Greg P8, but you had a wheel problems too. Yeah, I was. I led the most laps in this race again. I was up front for the first half of the race, and then we got a long. I want to say it was just under 60 laps because it was enough for just to have a, enough left in the tank for the end of the race. But um, on the end of the run, I just didn't have enough. Uh, I didn't have enough gear to keep up with the guys. It was a, just a different gear, um, and maybe I would have been a better off. But uh, I'll take the P8. Um, and uh, move on. I won't be racing anymore this week for the NIS. I got my league race tonight, and that's it. I thought NASCAR locked down the gear. That's one of the things that uh, is a problem with Kentucky as well this week is the gear is wide open. Yeah, there's a few choices, I think, sometimes that you can run in some places, but it's it's you can run any gear. So there's, there's stuff out there running 345. There's stuff there running 385. But... 
road courses you get more options than you do oval i think oval i've ever seen the max is maybe three but usually it's one or two but three is yeah. probably the max on oval and the reason they do that is because if they didn't, everybody, all the teams would be pouring all their money into seeing just how high they could get get those RPMs to run and not blow up. So it's a cost-cutting measure. Well, the thing also would be is they'd run it, they'd run it on a long run. You could get more speed out of the car and get it to turn better if you downshifted. That's why they downshift. They would do those downshifting at Pocono and stuff like that, right, to get it up off the corner. You well, could run a a different gear and downshift before the new package came out they were downshifting that the shifting was never the concern it's basically save the engines or keep them save them from spending money to save the engines at the higher rpms okay tom dryling got a p16 early yellow lap 20 with only three sets available decided not to take tires now i decided for him i told him don't do it um Anyway, big mistake, he said, for this race. The race then went 80 laps till the next caution. He went two laps down. He did work to get his laps back. Uh, it was a four-lap shootout at the end. Started 28th in the four-lap shootout and ended up 16th. Tony Rochette, P3, took me all race till the last 20 laps to figure out how to drive three and four. Seven to go, I used the last set of tires. We started 11th in the top three and four laps. Today, I got P23, top split. Uh, got what I deserved. Uh, didn't have as many incidents this time, but I was slow out there and uh, 23rd and top split, that's about what I run. David, uh, you were there with me. Yeah, and um, I'm really not sure exactly what happened here. We've talked about before, there's this kind of dead zone in the middle of the car where sometimes it's a little tricky get, keeping it going straight um i just about lap five or six wasn't really in a hurry was car was under control it wasn't tight or anything and just murdered the wall uh i, I mean it wasn't that i wasn't one of those situations where you think oh i'm just gonna barely tap it and then you, you know you kind of have to turn into it i hit it and was surprised when i hit it and hit it so hard that it knocked me all the way to the inside wall and I hit that hard too and did about six minutes of damage. Um, so either my wheel turned a little right on me and I didn't realize it, or I just misjudged where the wall was. Cause I, I, I just, when I looked at the replay, I just drove nose right into the wall. Not, not even, not even turning it just straight, um, killed the car. And I just decided I could go get other things done. So I parked it. Okay. Uh, other official, I ran NASCAR Legends. Uh, man, at Richmond, uh, not Richmond, but Rockingham. Uh, boy, what a combo. This car and this track are built for each other. And it's so much fun. I was going forward, not backwards, usually. Uh, first race, P13. I actually got speeding on pit road on my one stop. Uh, came from the back, clear up to 13th. Uh, then the next race I did that night, I got a P4, started 13th, made my way up, always moving forward. Uh, near the end though, I did fade a little bit from third to fourth. It was a really good run. I did run again the next night and got a P6 and uh, yeah, I'll probably run that again tonight. It's a blast. I, mean, I can't believe that more people are not running this. It is so much fun uh, and hard to drive. And then Greg, uh, Let's talk about the ISCA. Yeah, so 
this was a tough race and I'm kind of glad I did what I did in that race but um, first second corner I had a guy I was all way on the inside of him I was probably past his door and he just turns down into me and him turning down into me shot me down and it left him going straight I don't understand how that worked but he just turns down like I'm not even there on the first lap like you're on the outside you should know that there's going to be a car on the inside but anyways he uh doesn't say anything gets going we keep going on it, it i i ended up falling back and um, i eventually went two laps down because of uh i got loose off the corner once and i clipped the uh rope pit road cone so i had to go down and serve a penalty and got back out on the track and by the time everything got done um i was two laps down and then a caution came out i got a wave around and then another caution came out and i was racing this guy for probably three or four laps on trying to get the lucky dog position and I just had edged him out for it and when the caution came out and as soon as I got back on the lead lap I got all any of the damage that I had done fixed and I don't know what changed in the second half of the race but the car came alive I drove through the field and I was fighting for third uh, I only met mustered a p5 there but at Indy but I had probably one of the best probably one of the best weeks at one of the tracks I was a legitimate race con winning contender every race i stepped on that track and i've not felt that in a long time all right let's jump into final thoughts uh david hall i have a quote that has to do with um anything you might see online there's there's been some you know rumors posted around uh there's always kind of conspiracy theories out there um and it's just a quote from one of my favorite scientists of all time his name was Carl Sagan, and it basically says extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Bingo. Well said, David. All right, Greg Hector's final thoughts. Uh, I'm going to be running the uh, ISCA uh, race tonight at Kentucky. I hope it goes good. Just going to try and finish and get a good finish out of it tonight because after I'm done work tomorrow, I'm gone for a week. I'm on holidays, and I'll be up at the cottage, and I won't have anything to do with iRacing for a week. So um, I miss most of, I'm guessing, what is it, New Hampshire next week? Um, so hopefully I'll come back and maybe run. For, I might be able to run a Friday night in New Hampshire, but if not, I'll run the Sunday and get one and start in and go from there. But, uh, yeah, if you guys want to come watch me uh, race, uh on my Twitch channel, it's uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, uh, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's, and uh, yeah, we'll see you there. How many S's are there? <laughs> yeah, have a nice holiday. All right, Tony Gross, final thought. Well, I've done a little bit of racing, and it has been an absolutely uh, new experience for me. Uh, Friday night, my... Uh, Oculus came in, so I uh, got her all hooked up and all checked out and uh, actually did my first race last night. Now, <laughs> let me tell you, that is um, a much, much different experience. And overwhelming is uh, the one word that I've been able to, to say about it. Um, now, as I've done a bunch of practicing and and stuff it's it's becoming uh not so overwhelming but when i first jumped in and i can look around and i can see everything now obviously it's not as crisp and clear as it is on the monitors um 
but uh there's just so much to look at so much to see and uh holy cow um it's just such a totally different experience and i don't i can't say you know one's really better than the other because they're um it really hasn't changed my racing at all um but it will uh, it will definitely definitely has been a, a really fun experience and uh certainly glad that i decided to to get this for the uh for the second rig well done uh enjoy all right well my final thoughts uh Last couple races in NIS, I've gotten a race again with uh, Elliot Sadler, and uh, what a class act he is, uh, I must say. Very polite um, on the radio. You know, uh, people go by him. He, he'll say, you know, thank you, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but what a pleasure it is to race with a known professional that you know knows how to get around a track and um, to kind of, you know, compare up to him and, I was a little star truck, starstruck again, just racing with him and being able to do a restart, and he's right next to me, and to see how we match up as we take off from the from the grid, and uh, boy, it's just a blast to to have him involved, and and he's taking it serious, guys. Uh, he's out there not just having fun, but he's trying to win, he's trying to race, he's got a team around him. Those guys are looking good. In fact, they they finished first and second uh, the, the, out of that team uh, today. And so he's got a powerhouse NIS team over there that he's built with Michael Jeans and, and several others. Uh, and there's another team out there that's got a lot of people in it. Uh, what's the name of that one, David? The Lancaster sponsorship? Uh, oh, Lockard. Lockard. That's my ex-old team, F5 Motorsports. Yeah, they got uh, quite a lineup in top split as well in NIS. And, and they got guys in second split as well. But uh, to have Tafosi Racing, uh, David, you're representing. I'm kind of up there. Greg, you're on the way. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to hold our, hold our head up uh, high and, and represent, but uh, having a hard time at Kentucky. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.